Good afternoon, I'm John Falchicchio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, and I want to uh, welcome you to the Recovery Weekly Check-In uh, with DEMPED. Uh, we're joined by a few guests today, uh, which I'll get to shortly, uh, and we're going to talk about some of our recovery efforts, uh, including uh, the final, final stage of the Bridge Fund, uh, which is in the entertainment program. Uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about, obviously, what's happening uh, in the district, what happened last week, and how we're preparing for the days ahead. Uh, so, as you may know, uh, Mayor Bowser uh, has reached out to federal partners to ensure uh, that we have all the resources that we need in order to protect uh, the District of Columbia and that they are bringing in all the resources uh, necessary to, uh, to coordinate uh, with law enforcement partners, both local and state and federal, uh, in order to protect both life and property uh, in the District of Columbia, regardless of whether it's on local or federal properties. Uh, and so what we're doing now is doing a lot of coordination on that. We'll have a little bit of an update on some of the work that we've done on that front. Uh, and we'll also talk a little bit about that preparation today. Uh, but what we're here to talk about today is uh, what we're doing with the Bridge Fund. Uh, and we're opening up another program uh, for that today. Uh, so we are joined uh, by, uh, well, virtually, uh, by uh, Sabangoy Cook, who's the Director of Business Development uh, in Demphead. And she has been working uh, on the Bridge Fund uh, since its uh, inception uh, in order to uh, support our hospitality industry. Uh, so we know this is a really trying time. Uh, we know that uh, folks really want to see the support uh, rolling, and Sabangle is going to talk to us how we're opening up this program uh, and also some information about uh, the previous programs underneath the Bridge Fund initiative. Uh, so with that, I'll bring in Sabangle Cook. All right. Thank you so much, Deputy Mayor. Uh, as always, it is an honor and a pleasure to, to serve and try to support as many small businesses and residents as possible through the work that we do at DEMPED. And so without further ado, I'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the Entertainment Bridge Fund. This is the E2. Uh, portion. But before I do that, I did want to just also remind those that are listening or watching uh, that we do still have some other funds open right now. So the Retail Bridge Fund uh, has been extended. Uh, it will close this Friday on the 15th. So um, please, if you are, if you fall into that category and are eligible, we would certainly love to receive your application. So again, the Retail Bridge Fund is still open. It closes on January 15th. The Entertainment Bridge Fund, uh, the first iteration, that just closed today. So now we're in the, so now the E2 Bridge Fund uh, just opened uh, yesterday. The other um, application opportunity, the other grant opportunity that is available is through our other uh, fantastic partner through the Department of Small and Local Business Development. Uh, they have a citywide robust retail uh, grant, and that is still open as well, and that stays open until January 28th. So I do just want to remind everyone again, Retail Bridge Fund is extended through January 15th, which is this Friday, and then a citywide robust retail uh, program is also still open, and that uh, closes on January 28th, so just be sure uh, to make sure you're ready to submit your application. We're all uh, looking forward to receiving those. Um, and so now let me get into the Entertainment Bridge Fund. Um, and so this is a $9.5 million grant fund uh, to provide financial relief to, to businesses that provide uh, supporting services to um, entertainment uh, industry events, 
trade shows, uh, and tourism. Uh, these are businesses that have been indirectly impacted by uh, our our gathering kind of uh, events and opportunities, which is why it falls under the Entertainment Bridge Fund. Uh, eligible applicants are businesses that are operating or generating revenue or temporarily closed but do plan to reopen when possible. The range of the awards is $5,000 to $50,000. Um, we're looking at approximately about 650 businesses. This application opened yesterday. It closes on the 22nd, which is uh, next Friday, about 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Uh, next, eligible types of businesses. This is, is just a sample list. This is not the, 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 a full composite, but just to give an example of the type of businesses, uh, audiovisual, equipment rental, uh, event planning services, trade show, event staffing uh, services, event production, tour companies, uh, performance art companies like uh, theater groups, theater companies, dance companies. These are your nonprofits, performing artists. Uh, event promoters, recreational sports leagues as well, they all fall under this category, okay? Uh, up next is uh, our eligibility requirements. This looks roughly similar uh, to some of the others, but there are a few um, other elements in here. So must be physically located in D.C., uh, we are saying that sole proprietors are eligible. However, you do have to present, you, you must uh, live in the district, right? So you do need to have uh, some sort of identification identifying that you do live here. Um, you also have to demonstrate economic injury of at least 50%. A revenue must have a minimum of 20000 in annual operating expenses in 2020. And what we're talking about is like your rent, utilities, storage maybe, payroll, equipment, leasing, or purchase. All of those are part of your annual operating expenses. Uh, must be revenue generating prior to March 17th. 2020. If you're a sole proprietor, there's some other information in here that we want to make sure that you are that you uh, qualify for. You must demonstrate that at least 50, 51% or more of your income is coming from this eligible business type. We do want to know that this is your primary uh, source of revenue. Okay, um, must not have received or be approved for PUA uh, unemployment um, assistance. Okay. Um, I'm going on to the to the next slide, and here are just some, some quick scenarios that that we we've run through before. You'll also see this on the website as well. Uh, so I'm not going to go through all of them. But if you're a sole proprietor that generates more than 51%, are you eligible? Yes. My business is physically located, but I'm not a resident. Yes, you are eligible. Uh, my business is incorporated in another state, but my main business office is in D.C. Am I eligible? Yes, you are. Uh, I established my business in January, but not generate any revenue until after March 17th. No, you are not. So you'll see that there are some different scenarios in here uh, to kind of help also identify eligibility. Again, like I've said on numerous occasions, and I know the Deputy Mayor has mentioned this as well, please, by all means, uh, shoot us an email um, through our our platform here it is entertainment bridge fund at dc.gov we do stand ready to receive those emails and communicate with you as quickly as possible so that we can get you uh, into the system and receive your application if you have any questions about whether or not you're eligible so we're happy to take those those questions we do try to think through as many scenarios as we possibly can but um, obviously there may be some very unique ones so we definitely want to hear from you if, if there's still uh, some confusion 
Um, supporting documentation, onto the next slide. Uh, you will notice that a lot of this has not changed much. We're still looking for the same information and we try to make sure that we uh, do not ask for anything that we haven't really asked for uh, outside of the last eight or nine different release funds that we've done in the past. So your tax returns, your monthly income statements are what we're looking for. Clean hands, uh, your supporting documentation of any uh, your utility bills, equipment lease, purchases, uh, mortgage statements, those kinds of things in terms of your operational expenses, we do need those supporting documentations. Your current payroll roster, including your full-time, part-time, independent contractors as well is key, uh, and also to identify residency, whether they live in D.C. or in other parts of the, uh, the DMV. Valid identification um, is also a part of this process and basic business license if applicable. Um, going on to the next, eligible uses. It is, uh, a, this is an opportunity to be able to cover your business expenses, your business operating expenses, and so that is what you are able to use this for, your rent, mortgage, payroll, uh, taxes, operational expenses, utilities, equipment leasing, purchasing, PPP, ventilation systems, all those things are eligible expenses in this, for this particular grant, okay? <clears throat> Next thing, um, supporting uh, uh, technical assistance. So if you need some help, you, you're looking for some assistance, there is assistance across the city. Um, our Main Street programs, our CBOs, our community-based organizations uh, that work with DHCD, all of those agencies, those organizations are available across the city. Um, also, if you need language assistance, uh, the Mayor's Office on Latino Affairs is able to assist. African Affairs and Asian and Pacific Islanders is also able to assist. If you have any hearing or vision impairment issues or, or challenges, we are absolutely ready to assist. Uh, please email us at entertainmentbridgefund.dc.gov so we can assist and make sure that you get connected appropriately. Um, I'm closing with our last slide, which is application guidance. As you've seen with all of our applications, we do have a we spend a lot of time putting together a very robust, detailed application guide that takes you through step by step exactly what we're asking for and what we're looking for. We strongly encourage that you do look through that. We try to answer most of your questions in these guides. So take a look at that. Also, uh, it, true to fashion, true to form, we are doing information sessions as well. Our first information session is tomorrow, uh, and that will be at, uh, I think it's 10 o'clock, if I remember correctly, and yeah, 10 a.m., and our next information session will be Thursday at 3 p.m. Um, we would love for you to register for those if you go to the coronavirus.dc.gov uh, bridge fund where you see entertainment, you can click and register to get into one of those information sessions. If you are unable to, please know that we will be posting that video on our website as well. So you can watch that as your leisure once it posts on Friday uh, at the end of this week. Um, again, the deadline is Friday, January 22nd, uh, 22nd 2021 at 5 p.m. Uh, and then, obviously, we would love for you to reach out to us at the Entertainment Bridge Fund at dc.gov. Uh, last but not least, I'm going to remind you again that there are some other funds that are still open. So Retail Bridge Fund, still open until January 15th. We'd love to receive your application. Uh, and then the Citywide Robust Retail through DSLBD, our, our uh, great partners and colleagues over there, uh, that fund closes on January 28th. Uh, with that, Deputy Mayor, I think I'm done for now. Uh Fantastic. Well, thank you, Savangwe, and we know your work is never done, uh, but we'll uh, go to our next guest. 
Uh, we have with us uh, Sean Townsend, uh, many of you know, uh, the uh, director of the mayor's office of nightlife and culture. Uh, we've talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, recovery, uh, but we want to talk a little bit about both inauguration uh, as well as uh, uh, vaccination uh, as it relates to the pandemic uh, as well. Um, so I'll turn it over to Director Townsend. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, always a pleasure to be here with you uh, to uh, discuss uh, recovery and also provide uh, updates from the Mayor's Office of Nightlife and Culture. Uh, first uh, reminder is uh, yesterday the, the mayor announced uh, a release to uh, an updated order uh, related to the indoor dining uh, pause. It was once called the holiday pause, and now um, we are calling it the inauguration pause. Uh, and that is in effect, um, it went into effect yesterday uh, until January 22nd. Uh, 2021 at 5 a.m. Uh, the initial holiday pause was slated to end on uh, January 15th, this Friday, um, but due to uh, the uh, health and uh, additional public safety concerns, uh, the indoor dining restrictions have, have it's, it has been expanded until January 22nd at 5 p.m. 5 a.m. Sorry about that. Uh, during the pause, restaurants are still uh, encouraged to offer uh, delivery, grab-and-go, as well as uh, outdoor dining. Speaking of uh, inauguration next week, um, I would like to encourage uh, all of our viewers to text INAUG2021 to 888-777 for all of your updates on public safety, street closures, and any other uh, information related to uh, weather alerts and transit updates. I uh, just signed up last night and I encourage everyone to uh, sign up and do the same thing. And also, uh, while you're at it, feel free to take a look at our website, uh, inauguration.dc.gov, to find out the latest information on all of the inaugural um, alerts and notifications uh, starting today, actually. Moving on to uh, another important topic of relief and recovery efforts, uh, the, the federal government announced uh, earlier um, that the protect, Paycheck Protection Program funding uh, would be reopened through March 31st of this year. Uh, it's an additional 284 uh, billion, I wanna make sure I get that right, uh, billion dollars in funding that is available for small businesses uh, I know that the Deputy Mayor uh, addressed this last week in the Recovery Weekly Check-In with uh, Director Whitfield from DSLBD, and I'd just like to encourage our viewers today to take advantage of um, uh, the technical support that DSLBD is offering. Uh, and you can reach out to DSLBD directly at 202-727-3900, and that's, uh, that's option number seven on the phone. And you can also reach out to them via email at dslbd.p, as in Paul, T as in Tom, A, C as in Charlie, at dc.gov. On to vaccine uh, distribution. I know that there uh, are a lot of questions um, from workers regarding when they uh, will be uh, allowed to make an appointment to take the vaccine. And uh, currently uh, scheduled, 
the way the schedule is, is listed, restaurant workers are considered part of the other essential workers um, and are slated to be eligible to take the vaccine uh, beginning on February 1st, 2021. However, I just want to make note that that is a target date and it's based on utilization and that date is subject to change. But as of now, uh, it, it is February 1st. So uh, you will be hearing more information about that probably at the mayor's press conferences or from DC Health. Um, but that is the date that we uh, have slated for essential workers, other essential workers. More on restaurant worker relief fund. Uh, just want to remind folks, uh, especially our workers, that Hook Hall has partnered with RAMW, the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. I spent some time there last Monday packing food and distributing uh, food and, and health kits to our workers. And if you are a worker um, and you have proof that you are a worker via a pay stub or email or um, anything that you can show, a name tag, uh, they are literally um, passing out food and it's, it's actually, the food looked good um, uh, than when I was there last week. So uh, go and grab your, your lunch and dinner and, and the health kit uh, from Hook and Hall. I'd just like to uh, highlight them for the work that they are continuing to do. If you have any questions regarding this program, uh, you can reach out to Hook Hall directly at meals at hookhallhelps.com. Additionally, the restaurant, uh, restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington uh, was slated to, um, we're, we're slated to go into restaurant week uh, next week. Uh, however, we have, they have pushed that back uh, a week. So it will be starting on Monday, January 25th. Uh, you can reach out to, um, to ramw.org forward slash restaurant week to uh, get more details on restaurants that are participating in that program. And with that, that, that concludes all of the updates from the office and moving on, on to our special guest for this evening, uh, Rebecca Linder who is the founder and CEO of Lender Global Events. Uh, she's also here as a representative uh, from the DC Event Coalition and uh, actually met Rebecca during uh, the pandemic virtually. Uh, so it's good to be in person with you here today. Um, and I learned a lot about the event planners industry um, during the pandemic and how severely uh, you all have been impacted as well. And I just appreciate you um, and, and your colleagues for being uh, advocates on behalf of the industry. And so uh, with that being said, why don't you uh, give us a rundown of how you all have been impacted and how important the uh, the bridge fund is to, to this sector of business in the city. Uh, again, just a huge thank you to the deputy mayor and uh, director Bright, and of course you, Ms. Cook, for having us on or having me on today. And the bridge fund is directly impacting uh, our industry and certainly my business. I am a resident of Washington, D.C. and have been for 28 years, a DMV resident, uh, a lifelong DMV resident. I've had my business headquartered here for 24 years, and I'm raising my beautiful family with my partner here in D.C. So I am D.C. proud 100% and, uh, and, and remain 
you know, proud of our city and the work that we're doing to try and get all our businesses up and running. I think for events specifically, uh, my company, Linder Global Events, again, headquartered here, has been in existence for 24 years. You know, we've never seen anything like this. Uh, we serve um, leading nonprofits locally as well as globally, uh, Fortune 500 companies, associations, government agencies, and uh, through the design and production of events and experiences. And, you know, March 13th, it all came to a screeching halt. Here we, you know, just came on the heels of expecting 9% growth this year and instead saw 60 to 80% loss in revenues, both nationally as well as here locally and certainly for me uh, as, a, as a business owner here. It included workforce reduction. Um, uh, we're expecting probably 85% of our workforce uh, across the country. That's 12 million people impacted plus gig workers. Here in the DMV, that represents about 4.7% of the workforce in, the, uh, in this area uh, are event-related workers. So this, you know, the bridge fund is very important to us as are federal funds. Um, we also, of course, uh, you know, are, are, there's so many statistics that I can cite that are impacting us, um, you know, but the biggest one is probably to say is that our industry represents $1 trillion impact to the economy, and that is live events specifically. Now, we recognize we're part of this bigger ecosystem that you talk about, restaurants, hospitality, but live events that we are the producers, we are the floral, uh, you know, uh, folks, we are the designers, we are the decor, uh, we are the set builders, we're the stagehands, all of us. And there's so many, and I please forgive me if I leave anyone out. We are the people behind the scenes producing these massive events, or big or small, frankly, and and it's especially poignant on the heels of the inauguration, which would have been a huge convening and a celebration. And here we are completely stagnant in terms of events. Um, our business came, all of our businesses came to a screeching halt. And, um, you know, many of us won't survive this. We're thinking uh, somewhere between, based on our polls, 50 to 70 percent of our businesses here in the Washington area, small event businesses will be out of business probably by the spring if they're not already gone. Um, so we're, you know, we're struggling. And things like the Bridge Fund um, and some of the other grant programs and some of the federal programs are helping us. But again, we, we need more help, to be very honest. You know, and, you know, when we're told that events aren't going to really come back online. We were hopeful, of course, right in the beginning that, you know, all those cancellation and postponements, we would have seen something come back to life, you know, that summer, and then it became the fall, and now it's, you know, looking towards the spring, and of course, the spring does not look likely. So, you know, right now, we're really gearing up to sustain our businesses um, uh, through 2021, all of 2021, thinking that really there'll be very little um, however, we do believe that there is an opportunity just, mu just like the programs with um, the restaurant industry and other industries. I mean, there are ways to do events safely in a hybrid way where we can gather small groups together and do things really well. We have a great example of that. Personally, we were responsible for the Eisenhower uh, Memorial opening, and we were able to do that as an outdoor event. Uh, you know, as a, you know, we didn't obviously have everyone there, but we had 250 people there as well as the balance of the folks virtually. There are ways to do this and we want to be very much want to be part of the solution. And, 
the DC Event Coalition, which I'm a proud uh, member and founder of, along with our, uh, Roger White and several of our industry co colleagues, he reached out to, Roger actually reached out to me right in kind of the early March, April timeframe. And just to triage the experience uh, that we were all having with, uh, there was eight of us total who are event uh, business owners. And we quickly realized that the conversations we were having would be really helpful for the industry at large, certainly locally. So we quickly founded the DC Event Coalition and have from really April to, 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 to date, and will continue to do so, we have weekly meetings where we update folks on things like the Bridge Fund and what's going on in the DC and DMV area that uh, are in support. We, we use it as an opportunity, which is how I met the Deputy Director and uh, uh, Deputy Mayor, excuse me, and Deputy uh, and uh, Director Townsend. Um, you know, to, to talk about what DC is doing and to also influence what DC is doing because we recognize that we weren't really, both at the local and, and, and national level, we as a live industry really don't have the same representation as the restaurant industries and some of these big industries. So we were really tried to form an organization locally that could really help support and advocate uh, for uh, our local uh, colleagues. Um, at the national level, we're also working with the Live Coalition and are associated with that and are lobbying um, for the additional PPP funding and the PUA and all the other, uh, you know, tax credits that we're all looking for. And really, again, tried to bring some recognition to, to our industry. So what I will end with saying is that we are very hopeful that programs like the Bridge Fund, other programs that you guys are working on and that we're trying to, to have conversations with you about at the local level as well as at, uh, as I said, the federal level will really make an influence and have some impact and help sustain our businesses. You need us. Convening is a transformative experience and having event planners in your life and that whole industry that supports those events and experiences that you enjoy from weddings to big festivals and concerts to important meetings that your corporations conduct, they take thousands of people to accomplish. And all of those people are hurting right now. And so please, please, please understand that we are here uh, and we are ready to get back to work and produce the great events that we've done. Uh, both in the past and look forward to doing in the future. So. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Uh, couldn't have said it uh, better myself uh, in terms of uh, just what you all are going through as an industry. Uh, probably if I asked you this time last year, uh, if you'd come join us the week before the inauguration, I said, forget it. you'd probably <laughs> tell me no. Um, uh, but I do remember back in the beginning of the pandemic, you actually uh, did reach out, you engaged with us, and we're uh, really proud of the work that you did uh, in this DC event coalition because it actually gave us some structure and feedback. Uh, I know actually I've been on countless uh, Zooms and virtual meetings, but true to form, your meeting was the most organized uh, and was actually uh, really well done. And really uh, what's so important is I think a lot of times, and this isn't to pit any group against another or parts of the industry, but uh, we sometimes forget about everything that everyone who it takes to actually put pull the events off. It's easy to think about the venues, but actually uh, the industry and how you support events and create events, uh, that's what really makes the experience. So we appreciate all that you're doing. So we're going to pull some more folks into the conversation. Uh, if you're listening on the phone line, you could use zero. Uh, just hit zero now, and that'll uh, allow you to queue into the uh, screeners who will uh, get you onto the call. 
And then we have uh, some questions from Facebook and Twitter already. If you're on Facebook, you just put it in the stream. And if you're on Twitter, uh, you can use the hashtag DC Hope uh, and we'll screen that. Um, and I'll go to the first question. It's kind of a, a technical question about the application. So I'll ask Sabangle for, uh, for help on this, uh, which is uh, it came to us from uh, Amanda, uh, who asked it on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, a question so nice, she asked it twice. Uh, what is, uh, quote, active uh, pay roster of independent contractors uh, mean? Uh, Sabangle? Yeah, yeah, excellent question. What we're trying to do here is, is also give a nod to this particular industry. Not everyone uh, has a, a full roster of just W-2 employees, and we know in this particular industry, in this E-2 design, that we wanted to factor in that over the course of the year that a lot of these businesses, as they get contracts, they uh, do uh, just have contractors uh, on board for very specific events and things, and things of that nature. So uh, as you are providing your most current payroll and those that you, have, that you currently have under contract, we want you to include that on your list. Is literally all we're saying. Okay, and then uh, a couple of questions that came in uh, from Frank, and finally, I probably need your help with this as well. I noticed small business owners who receive TUA are not eligible to receive the Entertainment Bridge Fund. Have you had conditions placed on other business owners in other industries? Uh, and does this condition apply if a business owner does not use the grant for salary, but instead uses it for one of the other approved areas? So I heard parts of that. Um, it doesn't matter whether you are eligible for PUA under this particular, any of the bridge funds, you wouldn't be eligible to apply. Okay. And then, uh, and I guess this is the second part of that question, which I think mm -hmm. you kind of answered your first part. But uh, just does this condition apply if a business owner does not use the grant for salary, but uses it for one of the other approved areas? Yeah, if you are eligible, you most certainly are allowed to use expend expense the funds on other things that are allowable. So it doesn't have to be completely payable. It can be any of the other other uh, eligible uses that we mentioned before in the PowerPoint. Absolutely. But I, I think the first part of the question, I'm sorry, just hearing me probably through the mask might uh, be a little <laughs> challenging. But if they, if they have received PUA, uh, they're not eligible to receive uh, a grant from the Bridge Fund. No, they are not eligible to receive. That's correct. You're not eligible if you've received PUA assistance. Okay. And then uh, just kind of uh, a more general question from Facebook about what's mm -hmm. the phone number to call or the contact information uh, regarding E2, uh, and can you repeat when the uh, session is? Absolutely. Um, questions can be sent to entertainmentbridgefund at dc.gov, so entertainmentbridgefund, uh, dc at dc.gov, and then the information sessions, they start tomorrow. So the first one is at 10 a.m., and the next one is Thursday at 3 p.m. You can find those, and you can, you can sign up for those information sessions on the, um, the coronavirus.dc.gov uh, website backslash bridge fund. So if you go to the bridge fund page, uh, you'll see a link there where you can just sign in and opt to, uh, to take one of the sessions. And if you're unable to make it, we are happy. We will be posting it. We have typically been posting all of the information sessions uh, by the end of the week in the event that you were not able to make any of the info sessions. Great. Um, Rebecca, uh, PPP, uh, the program we highlighted last week, uh, we wanted to highlight it because 
with all this work that we're doing uh, with our grants, uh, if you look at kind of everything we've put out since the pandemic, it's maybe about $200 million, probably falls a little bit short of that. Uh, but in the 2020 version of PPP, we saw DC businesses or organizations actually pull in about $2.2 billion in those forgivable loans. And I was wondering if you uh, did use PPP and uh, sort of how your experience or what your experience has been with PPP? Yeah, most definitely. PPP was critical to, you know, maintain the business and sustain it, you know, even after some of the workforce reduction. And while, you know, we had to jump on it right away to to make sure we were, you know, that we were going to receive it, we were in constant communication with our bank, not only about getting the PPP, but then also how to manage it throughout as the rules obviously have kept changing. Um, and currently, we are refreshing that portal daily, if not, you know, every minute uh, to see when it's going to, the next uh, tranche is going to be released so that we can apply to that as well. So, you know, that, and that is imminent. That is yesterday, today, tomorrow, by Thursday is what they're saying. So it could be any time there. And do, have you started your forgiveness process too? We have done all the work for the forgiveness process, but frankly, we are hesitant to kind of see it through the whole way because there have been so many changes to the rules and we want to make sure we can take full advantage of where this ends up. So we are prepared and ready and in communication with our bank, but have hesitated to sort of put the final, you know, dot on it. Dot on, yeah. the and I think that actually aligns with, uh, we had a representative from SBA on with us last week and kind of said some of the finer points are still being tuned. Uh, so to hang tight with that, but just, uh, wanted to see kind of what your experience uh, was with uh, the program. Um, and then, Sean, I know you've gotten a lot of questions, too, about uh, the um, sort of the uh, for this coming week, the security perimeter and things like that. Uh, how are you telling folks to navigate uh, that and uh, kind of avoiding the downtown uh, area? I'm actually encouraging everyone to uh, text in Aug 2021 yeah, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> um, to 888-777. Uh, so that way uh, you can get all of the updated uh, information on uh, street closures. Um, the, the downtown area, uh, even, even just getting here today, uh, here on 4th Street uh, Northwest was a, uh, you know, I had a, had a tough time getting through um, with credentials. So, uh, this area between uh, the monument and the Capitol, uh, stretching um, the downtown area, uh, I, you know, it's 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 going to be difficult to to get into over the next uh, week or so. So it's very important that uh, you are aware of the the latest uh, updated information on street closure. So uh, if not, the text uh, inauguration dot dc dot gov. Great. And uh, Rebecca, you've kind of navigated probably that perimeter. Uh, during previous inaugurations, uh, how do you describe it in terms of what's the best way to really understand how secure that is once it's stood up? Um, in, in terms of keeping people sort of outside of the area? Re or? Rebecca, I'm looking for you to help me tell people just stay away. Stay home, <laughs> yes. It, basically, that's exactly right. If I had advice to give, and any inaugural year, but it's certainly this year. This is not the year to rush downtown. I mean, the reality is the perimeter is going to be big and it's going to be uh, firm. 
and you should stay with your local government, understand what's going on, and you're, you know, you're, and and just avoid it because it it is going to be hectic and um and and potentially quite frankly dangerous. Well, so, and absolutely, and that's why we want folks to be safe. I think, uh, Rebecca, if you think about it from years past and inaugurations past, usually that uh that perimeter is installed, but then not really sort of activated until say the 19th or, you know, late hours or early morning of the 20th or whenever that period is. But this year, we're looking that it may be stood up as early as this week. And that's why I say with your experience navigating inaugurations before, if you don't have to be there. Yeah, you don't want to be downtown. There's no reason to. I mean, it's 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 hard to penetrate the, you know, you can't penetrate the perimeter and the reality is going up so Soon, um, and again, as, John, as excuse me, as Deputy Mayor says, usually you know, it's it's the night before where the fencing goes up, and you know that's you're able to maneuver downtown. But now it's going to be up for quite some time. So I, my advice would be to stay home. Well, thank you for that. And uh, let's go to the call line. I think we have a caller, Morgan. Uh, Morgan, can you hear us? Hello. Uh, so, Morgan. can you everybody hear me? Wonderful. So, you know, I know that there have been a lot of restrictions imposed because of the recent spike. And so now we're doing outdoor only for a lot of restaurants and bars and entertainment venues, especially I own an entertainment venue. That means we are losing even more and more money than if we were to just try and hibernate until maybe the spike goes down. Is there any consideration for that? in the bridge grant application process. You know, we're trying to weigh, and I'm sure a lot of other businesses are trying to weigh, do I stay open and lose more money just so I can get a grant that I may or may not get and who knows how much, or do I do the smart business thing and try to hibernate and and then pop back up in a few weeks or a month or so? Um, You know, these are the decisions we're out here trying to make. What's the, the mayor's office thoughts on that? Yeah, and I'm going to pull uh, Sabangoy into this a little bit because as we were formulating this program, we actually did talk and used about used that same phrase of hibernate. Uh, so Sabangoy, can you talk to us a little bit about how that's kind of part of what we're doing uh, with the bridge fund? Yes, yeah, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, absolutely. So the the bridge fund, the entertainment portion of the bridge fund was definitely a departure from what we've seen with the restaurant and the hotel and some of the other uh, parts of this fund. Um, it's obviously that the, the industry, uh, those actual event, those venue spaces, uh, they have been closed. And so we wanted to, you know, make sure that as we're thinking about what does relief, what does support look like, that we are providing dollars to to those event venue, those venue spaces to literally kind of shelter in place, if you will, uh, for the next, you know, two to three months or or something like that. And so that's what the uh, the entertainment bridge fund is designed to designed to do is to try to help 
help them along at least for the next couple of months as we hope that the vaccination and, and things begin to change a little bit. And we're hoping that that could help uh, those businesses. Now for E2, a lot of the businesses that are in E2, they've not necessarily had to close. Business has, is definitely slower, obviously, because they have been impacted by these venue spaces and places where they can create these great gathering experiences uh, for folks to, to consume. And so because they have been impacted, uh, obviously we are trying to find ways to deploy dollars uh, to those two in this particular round that is open, if that makes sense. So E1 is definitely designed for those venue locations to kind of shelter in place and try to help them over the next three to four, you know, three to four months. Um, and then for E2, uh, the supporting businesses, it is literally just a nod to support the recognizing that these are businesses that do still have significant overhead and operational costs. Uh, and how do we kind of help them as their business is down, as they're trying to generate new customers and clients, uh, and most of their customers and clients cannot do a real gathering type of experiences. Great. And um, wanted to also just mention that uh, it's a good point about the hibernation because we also know that we're still in the response phase of the pandemic. Uh, caller mentioned uh, sort of we see cases still going up. Uh, the, we see the uh, community spread, uh, which is an indicator on coronavirus.dc.gov slash data. Uh, we see that rising as well. And so we're still in that re uh, response phase. Uh, but we're also, uh, we call this a re uh, recovery check-in. This is really about, though so the bridge fund is really about relief. So how do we provide relief to businesses that have lost uh, revenue, employees, uh, and just their general business over the course of uh, this pandemic. And so that's the phase that we're in now. Uh, but Rebecca, I really uh, am looking forward to the recovery when we actually get back to uh, that new normal and hopefully back to normal. Uh, so how are you sort of preparing yourself for uh, what's to come as we come out of this? And how do events sort of look different uh, after this? You know, it's, events, it's a great question because it's, and it's the million dollar question. I think there's a few um, challenges that we're sort of thinking through and grappling with as we prepare for 2021 and, or late 2021 and, and 2022. And that is, you know, there's going to be less inventory, less vendors to rely on. Um, you know, people are going to be anxious to come back and have events and they're going to pile on top of one another. And we're going to have to build back our businesses with, employees and, and um, you know, and, and be able to sustain that. So it's a really, really tough question. And we're really thinking about how to do that well and still and, and, and be able to manage the costs that we've incurred that, that, you know, we weren't provided relief for. And there's many, many of those. So it, it is um, something that we're preparing for now and thinking about, like, how can we slowly start bringing people back on? Uh, to, um, but it is contingent on people having um, confidence in and the speed of the vaccine because we were anticipating based on sort of the announcements in December that we would have seen more activity in people booking events. And the reality is we're just not. Um, people aren't anxious to sort of get back to it. And in fact, when some of the larger corporations like Facebook and everybody said that they were going to hold off on convening until now, the end of August, I mean, that again means boom, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're struggling. So, um, but it's the million dollar question. 
And based on what you said earlier, I think it's actually the trillion-dollar question. It is the one trillion-dollar question, question just for the alive and events <laughs> industry, not to mention the 2.5 when you, you, know, you look at the bigger ecosystem. So, again, it's a tremendous impact, both locally uh, as well as nationally. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that. And we have another caller, uh, Monica. Uh, Monica, your line should be open. Yes, thank you. Um, I just have a question about the inauguration. I really don't have any confidence in this group's ability to contain themselves to the Capitol. Um, so I was interested in what risk mitigation plans were in place to protect D.C. residents in the different neighborhoods, because there's some rumors um, that these insurgent groups are thinking of you know, going to neighborhoods where congressional members live. So I just wanted to learn a, more, a little more about that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really important question that you asked because what we want to make sure is that, of course, the federal core uh, stays uh, secure and we don't see a repeat of uh, what happened. But I will tell you that uh, Mayor Bowser uh, spoke with uh, her counterparts in uh, Maryland and Virginia uh, just yesterday, uh, or excuse me, just Monday, yeah, yesterday, uh, Monday, to talk to them about kind of their preparation and how Maryland, Maryland and Virginia uh, could work to support uh, what will happen in the nation's capital. Uh, so that is happening. We also know that our uh, Metropolitan Police Department is working with uh, law enforcement partners around the region uh, to help us make sure that uh, they have the resources uh, that they need. Uh, there is a step that uh, we're asking folks uh, to take. Uh, if you'd like to uh, help us participate, uh, there is a, a sign that we made uh, earlier, but we wanted to push this back out. Uh, and just that it, uh, if you want to, in your business or your establishment, uh, make it clear that guns are not permissible, uh, you could post this sign. Uh, this sign is at inauguration.dc.gov. Uh, and then if you see somebody with a weapon, we ask you to make sure that you call DC police right away at 911. Uh, and let them handle it. Uh, so we don't want anybody to confront somebody with a weapon, but allow DC uh, uh, MPD uh, to handle it. So we'll make this available at inauguration.dc.gov. You could print this out, you could post it. Uh, and really just there needs uh, to be a higher level of vig vigilance, uh, as you kind of referred to earlier, uh, to make sure that uh, when people see things out in the neighborhood, uh, that they do report them uh, and help us uh, keep uh, the city safe. Uh, so we really appreciate everybody joining us today. Uh, given what we're facing uh, in the coming days uh, and next week, uh, we'll continue our check-in uh, next uh, in two weeks on the 26th. Uh, so look for uh, an update on all of our uh, information that we shared today uh, with you at coronavirus.dc.gov slash recovery. Uh, but then if there are specific uh, questions or uh, uh, things you want to download about the uh, inauguration, you go to inauguration.dc.gov. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Be safe and have a good day.